I'm going to try to speak into today from God's word a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing on the news over the last week or so, which is obviously quite a challenge given the... Um, uh, obviously what I'm going to do is I'm not going to go into detail of the stuff that we've been reading about. Um, I'll make specific that I am definitely talking about the situation in the Middle East. Um, I'm not, I'm not um, today speaking into the um, Israel-Gaza situation. Um, I think it's probably, uh, probably is appropriate at some point to do that. But today I want to speak into the situation, the ISIS, or change the name to IS, a uh, situation now um, where um, whole swathes of, um, of the Middle East are being um, systematically taken over by this jihadist group. Um, and particularly, obviously, many of us are hearing and reading things about what's happening to Christians there. Obviously, they're not the only group that are being persecuted at all, but it just happens to be a part of uh, that part of the world where there are a lot of Christians and some of the things that have been going on there obviously have been terrible. And I want to help us just make sense of it. Um, obviously, it's senseless, but to just get into the words of Jesus about it. Um, my aim here in today's sermon is not so much practical things we can do. Um, there, is, uh, there, are, there are numbers of things we can practically do. All of us can meaningfully pray. And I, and I, I want to say that seriously. It's not, not, don't just you know, really engage with... Don't, don't just do it and then tick it off. Pray into this. And I think important things to pray are for courage, for believers, um, wisdom. I think we need to pray for world leaders to know the right course of action. I think we need to pray for the hearts of the, of the people that are part of this jihadist movement, for God to break in and to open their eyes to what it, what it is they're doing uh, and the, the true reality of it. I think these are things we need to pray into and keep going along with millions and millions around the world of others, but trusting that God hears our prayers and prayer changes things. I think there are practical um, things we can do in terms of um, contributing to organizations that are on the ground there, uh, and also um, and also signing petitions, etc. These things are not a waste of time and are worth getting involved in. But that is not the that is not the, the what I want to try and do today is try to give something of maybe a bit of a biblical. How do, what do we do with this situation? With many many people either losing their lives or potentially losing their lives or being driven out of their homes because of what they believe. And what do we? How do we? How do we face this? And. Um, it can make us ask the big questions, where's all this going, um, what, if, what if that were to happen in this part of the world, how would I respond, what does it mean, if anything, and so we're going to look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, it says this, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, look Lord, very impressive they were as well. He answered them, you see all these, don't you? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. Very important. See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you're not alarmed, for this may take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. 
Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Father, please help me uh, with this passage to do it justice and that Jesus' name will be honored through it. And that our hearts will be strengthened through it, I pray. Amen. So they asked Jesus this question. He makes a statement about the temple. Uh, the temple was very impressive, took decades to build, uh, was extraordinary. And they very, wanted to show Jesus and point things out. And Jesus typically comes in untypically and says, oh, by the way, not one stone will be left upon the other. Things going to be totally raised to the ground. Uh, so it changes the conversation as Jesus tends to. They then come to him privately and say, we want to know about this. We want to know, we want to know when's this going to happen, and we want to know about the end of the age, and, and when you're going to return. And what they do is they lump everything together. Jesus is talking about the temple being thrown down, and they immediately lump it together with the end of the age. They lump it together with the return of Jesus. As far as they're concerned, if that happens, when that happens, that's going to be the end of everything. That's the question that they ask him. We want to know when. We want to know about this because this is pretty worrying stuff you're talking about. And what Jesus does is, is quite common, is that he answers, he answers their question as if it is all going to happen at once. It kind of seems that way. It's really hard when you pick through this passage. What's he talking about that's just going to happen kind of... Uh, Soon, because the temple was raised to the ground in AD, by AD 70, raised to the ground. So, obviously, now AD 2014, and the end hasn't come, and he hasn't returned. So, but Jesus kind of replies as if it's all one thing. Now, there's 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 perhaps a, uh, perhaps a couple of reasons for doing this, but one is something that the theologians or the charismatic theologians call prophetic telescoping. Now, let me give you an illustration of how this works. I need my volunteer. Ah, Melody, Melody, Melody. Now, what I'm going to do, Melody, I'm going to give you um, a piece of very advanced equipment. It's a very advanced telescope. And um, as, because of how advanced it is, you need to be very careful with it. Is that okay? So treat it with care. Is that cool? Okay, hold on a sec. Okay, right. So, now, you need to take your telescope, Melo, and you need to go and stand in that corner there between those two grey chairs. Just perfect. And then you need to point your telescope to me. I need to look through. Is it working? Button. What am I doing? What am I doing? Waving. This, these, they make things really good these days. Right. So that's great. Now I need my three telescopic volunteers. Now, Melody, you need to just close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes now. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, a little bit closer, please. Uh, stop there. Fine. And then you just to, to the side a bit. No, no. Forward. But to the side, great. And then, great. Okay, take up your positions, please. Okay, Melody, look through your telescope and tell me the things that you are seeing, please. No, you have to open your eyes at this point. That would be hard otherwise. So, what are you seeing? Please describe to me what you are seeing. Number one. Someone smiling with their thumb up. Correct. Number two. Someone looking worried? Yeah, yeah, I can see the one. Yeah, okay, and anything else? Very good. That is amazing. Now, can you see them all at the same time? 
Okay, so tell me all in one sentence now what you can see. The three, the three things you said, but tell me them all in one sentence. I can see this, this, and this. So tell me the three things you could see in the telescope. Um, someone that's happy, and someone that's worried, and someone that's telling someone to be quiet. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Now, you're done. thank you. You can sit down, my lady. Well done. Now, the thing is, is this. This is happening in 70 AD. This is happening around 1250. This is happening in 2014. But the thing is being all seen at the same time. And, and it's being articulated all together. Okay? But you look from the side, it becomes a timeline. You can see these different things happening. Now, what you, thank you, guys. You can sit down. Now, what you, find, what you find with a lot of prophetic utterances is that things are being spoken, and they're being spoken about, and it's like suddenly it seems very like it's very imminent and now and into a historical situation in the prophetic stuff in the Bible. But, it's, but then it sort of goes on, and in the same, the, the speech continues, but suddenly you realize, oh, it can't be meaning that anymore. It's talking about big, universal, end-of-the-world things. And very often what you see in the prophetic is these things come together in one lump, and you have to, you have to, it takes a lot of wisdom to work out what is being spoken about for the here and now, what is being spoken about for the actual, uh, the end times. And this is in this conversation here, the dynamic that is going on. Jesus is talking about a difficult time just before the destruction of the temple, difficult things going on, absolutely. Um, But not only that, he's talking about what will happen also before the end and before he returns. And I want to just draw your attention to some of these things. His main point is this, don't be led astray. Don't be led astray. That is Jesus' main point. If you can take that home, you've done well. I need six volunteers, three adults, three children, please. No, six adults, three children. First ones here may get a prize. Six adults and three children. Okay, Mel, I'm afraid you were the last child and you've had a go, so that's fine. We've got our three children. If you can line up there along those chairs. We've got, okay, Alex, if you go and hold Levi's hand. Dan, you can hold Shakur's hand. Alstra, you can hold Eleanor's hand. We've got these three guys here. Okay, all children close their eyes, please. All children must, all children must close their eyes if this is going to work. Yes. <laughs> okay. You three guys, can you stand there in a, in a line, please, so you're facing each pair? Now, this is not... Well, it's not that it's not politically correct, it's not nutritionally correct. Okay, so I just want to apologise for that in advance. But this, keep your eyes closed, kids. Thank you, I won't name you and shame you, but I saw you. This is not the prize, I'm really sorry. And this is not the prize, I'm really sorry. And this is the prize. Aren't they great? Okay. I love these things. Right. So, now, guys, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Now, kids, you should be holding hands with your guide. Two of these guides are going to lead you astray. One of these guys is going to lead you to a wonderful place, a wonderful, delicious land of glory. Sorry, and, uh, and so, but it's going to be a long journey. You're going to wiggle around a bit. You're not going to know which way you're going to end up if these three at this end could please hold aloft their wonders. 
Um, and the journey may begin. Please, please keep your eyes closed, kids. Follow your guide closely. Now you're being led. You're being led. Make it convoluted. Do not go straight there. Do not go straight there. Thank you. It's a long journey. It's a long, long journey. Oh, here we go. Okay. Two of you are being led astray. One of you is being led to a place of such sweet delight. I can hardly find the words for it. Okay, the journey is about to end, guides. You've gone, you've gone way over the top with the um, convolutedness. Oh, oh dear. Oh, the drink's gone. Oh. Okay, take, you, take, take, take your place to the destination. Children, take your, children, take your prizes. Woohoo! Oh. Where did you get, Eleanor? Oh, Shakur, what did you get? Yes, Levi, what did you get? An egg, not just any egg. Oh no, a Kinder egg. Do you like? Do you like that? You don't really like that chocolate much, do you, boy? I'll help you out if you need it. Okay, you can share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great. Now, 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 now. It's really important you listen. There's a there's a lesson here. There's a lesson here. Jesus is saying this. Don't be led astray. What he's saying is this. When it gets tough, when the kind of things we've seen on the news this week and read about are actually happening on our planet to real people, and we're seeing the expressions on their faces and we're hearing the stories, actually something in our heart can be so troubled that you think, I don't know what to do with this, and I'm not sure how well I'm going to respond. Jesus says, do not be led astray. And there's three main ways that we could be. She's guarding her carrot like it's gold. What on, Eleanor? We may need some mediation over there at some point. They're arguing over a carrot. This is amazing. Snap it in half. Oh, it's the lemon. Okay. It's worse. Even worse. It's even worse. Okay. Three ways you can be led astray. Number one, deception. Jesus said, many will come in my name saying I am the Christ. Now, I guess you could take that two ways. It could be firstly people coming and literally saying, I am the Christ. Follow me. Or it could be saying, other people could come and say, Jesus says, I am the Christ. So Jesus says, many are going to come and say, I am the Christ. And still lead people astray. Here's what I mean. I could come here today and say to you, I am the Christ. And I would definitely lead you astray if you followed me. Sure, not many of you would. But I would lead you astray. Or I could say, Jesus is the Christ and still lead you astray. I could start teaching you all kinds of things, apparently, that Jesus said and taught. I could twist and distort the scriptures and would have the potential of leading more astray. Okay? That's one way you can be led astray, deception. He said, towards the end, this will happen. Many. And many will come and many will be led astray. Okay? So that's a predictive prophecy by Jesus that will happen so when you see that do not be alarmed to the extent that you lose your confidence Jesus said it will happen the second way is actually by you get so alarmed by what's going on that it just it's like someone's got the rug of your faith and pulled it out and you're like utterly disorientated Jesus said you know what these things have to happen it is the birth pains of creation. There will be such uh, turmoil, not just in physical creation, but also he describes wars, 
Earthquakes, famines, and wars, all of these things as birth pains, the whole of creation, the Bible teaches, is under this curse, a futile curse, and it is, it is um, in, in the throes of like labor pains waiting to give birth to the new creation. In that process, as in physical labor, there is great pain, great turmoil, and great difficulty. Do not be alarmed to the extent that your confidence is dashed. It will happen. It's one thing to read about it in ancient literature. It's another thing to see it before your face. And if these things do become closer and closer to home, we really need to be clear on this stuff. Jesus predicted it. It will happen. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. If your hope is in some kind of earth peace that does not involve Jesus as Lord, then your hope is a false hope. Though we should be praying for our world leaders for wisdom and that we might live in peace, if our ultimate hope is that it will all just get better, but not under the Lordship of Christ, then we're aiming in the wrong direction. It's not going to. Jesus is the king of the nations. And it's not until he's exalted as Lord that everything will be brought together in unity. The Bible is clear on that. So deception, alarm, and then actual difficulty. Jesus says, do you know what? He says, it's going to get to the point where every nation will hate you on account of me, my name. And he says, you know what? It's going to get so bad. Lawlessness will get so bad. The love of many will grow cold. It's just going to get so tough and so much pressure that it will be the most tempting thing in the world to just totally back away from this thing. It's too hard. And Jesus is saying, don't be led astray. All of those things are carrots and lemons. Don't, don't allow it to get into your spirit in a way that will rock you to the core. Jesus says, see that no one leads you astray. See that no one leads you astray. Now, how do we do that? Well, really, this is, this is, this is to finish with. Firstly, he just says, keep going. Those who endure till the end will be saved. Those who endure till the end will be saved. So we just keep going. How do you do that? Well, there's three things from this passage. One is that you keep calm. And that new thing, cups and posters and keep calm. You keep calm. Now, you might think, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Keep calm. Well, actually, well, I'm not talking about some kind of stoic kind of nothing affects me. Not at all. We should be, uh, we should be weeping and, and um, uh, massively affected by difficulties. But when it comes to us being opposed, listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the Philippians. He says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents do you hear that not frightened in anything by your opponents this is a clear sign to them of their destruction but of your salvation and that from God for it's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake so we need to be sober this is the bible's teaching one way or another whether it's through subtle kind of just godless atmosphere or the kind of thing we've been looking at on our screens over this week. One way or another, we've been called to suffer. And we need to steal ourselves and say, I'm not going to let this um, knock me off course. I'm going to keep calm. God has told me it's going to happen, so I'm not going to let it alarm me. That is a sign to my opponents of the fact that they, that they need to have a real serious thought about their life. 
and is a sign of our salvation. So keep calm. Number two, keep hot for Jesus. Jesus said that because the lawlessness abounds, the love of many will grow cold. You can see such terrible things and hear such terrible things, you just think, blow this. I'm going to just hole up and survive. Just tone everything down and just keep it minimal. Actually, that's not the answer. The answer is to let our hearts be hot for Jesus. To let the love of God burn and wax strong in our hearts. So that we can, we can face what goes on with compassion. We can we not get into that thing where we just put a protective layer around ourselves. And, and we've got to keep coming close to God. He is the fire. But the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And as we're close to him, we'll keep our hearts hot with love. So we keep going by keeping calm, keeping hot, and keep sharing. Jesus said this gospel must be preached to every people group and then the end will come. At the moment, there's 6,000 people groups on the planet that have not yet heard the name of Jesus. So now, today, in the world today, there are approximately 6,000 people groups that have never heard the gospel. They've never heard that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. They've never heard you can be freely forgiven of your sins in Jesus Christ. They've never heard that in Christ Jesus is eternal life. They've never heard these glad tidings. And so part of the way, we, part of the way that we keep going is we keep calm, we keep hot, we keep sharing. We keep talking about Jesus. And that, that takes courage. That takes Holy Spirit boldness. Because people can look at what's going on and they can say, on the news, they can say, is that, these are people that want other people to convert. Are you like that? And we say, no, we're not. We really are not. But at the same time, the whole of heaven erupts with joy when one person converts to Christ. And so for us to want to see people converted is the best thing in the world. But we just recognize this. We recognize that com- true conversion is a matter of the heart between a person and God. True conversion, conversion can never be forced. True conversion, you can never make anyone do that. Only God can truly convert a heart. Do you believe that? But we keep sharing because if they don't hear, how can they believe? That's what Paul says. So we've got to keep sharing and keep trusting the Lord in that. So I really want to wrap up now by just saying all these things I'm saying, keeping calm, keeping hot, and keeping sharing, Jesus did them all. He gives us the absolute model for this. And I love that about Jesus. He's not simply telling us what to do. He's done it. He's faced every temptation. He's faced persecution. He's faced pressure and opposition. And through it all, he's remained absolutely full of the peace of God. He's remained hot with burning love and he's kept proclaiming the good news of himself. And so I just, I guess really what I'm trying to do is today is just steady the ship and just say, let's keep praying. Let's keep, uh, let's keep a steady course. Let's keep realizing that there's a huge titanic spiritual struggle going on in creation. God knows about it. Jesus prophesied about it. Let's stay true to the course and not, not, not just revert to hu- merely human responses, but respond in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. See that you are not led astray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this gospel, Lord, that, that strengthens our souls and our spirits and our minds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to particularly pray for all our brothers and sisters, Lord God, right now that are in Mosul and other parts, other cities and towns around the area. We pray that you would give them great grace and great courage in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that you would give them great wisdom. We pray, Lord God, that you would, that you would halt the flow 
of this movement by whatever means. We, we trust you to decide what means are best. But we pray that you would halt the flow of this movement in the name of Jesus. That it would be stopped, that you would speak the word, that you would intervene and you would stop it in Jesus' name. We pray they would go no further. That you would say that word which when you speak it, Lord, no, no one and nothing can transgress it. You would say this far and no further in Jesus' name. I pray for that. We pray for world leaders, particularly superpower leaders, Lord God. We pray you would give them massive wisdom right now. We pray for the UN. Help them, help them to make the right course of action. Help them to make decisions, Lord God, that would not be regretted in, the, in years time. We pray, Lord God, we just commit that part of the world to you. And we pray, Lord God, for mercy and peace to come there, Lord, so that, so that your people can get on and live quiet lives and can share the faith, Lord God, so that people can live the kind of lives where they're free to make their own decisions about what they will believe. We pray that in Jesus' name. We pray the power of fear would be broken, Lord God, over that part of the world in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, those who are particularly uh, particularly instrumental um, in, in that movement, you would deal with them in Jesus' name. We lift them up to we pray, Lord, deal with them, arrest them. We pray, speak into their hearts. We pray, Lord God, expose, Lord, the evil of what is going on. And to, we, pray, we pray that you would cause them to repent or you would remove them in the name of Jesus, Father. We, we, as a church, as a body, we stand together. We commit, Lord God, this part of the world to you. We say it matters to us. It matters to you. And, Lord, we pray that you would hear our prayers. Um, we thank you, as we heard earlier in the book of Revelation, that these, these bowls of incense are the prayers of the saints and that, and that you hear them and that they're in, coming up in that sense into your nostrils right now. We pray, Lord, be impacted by these prayers and move in great power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.